This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. This week on Bucket Talk, we have a special guest, Adriano Verano. He essentially immigrated in the U.S. at age 18, started out in the trades with a blue-collar job in the mechanic field, similar to Jeremy, and uh, had the opportunity to get into real estate and has not only done well in that in that industry, he's at the top of his class. And so we're going to talk about that today. So listen to, listen to his journey if you're interested. As always, Eric and Jeremy are here. You can check out more at buckettalk.com. And you can also sign up for our new weekly newsletter that'll send a link in our podcast every week. I met Adriano years ago, an introduction from a friend as I was buying my house. And uh, and he ended up getting me into the home that I live in with my wife and my son now. We've got a long history. We've had a, a good friendship and we keep it up. So I'm going to pass the torch over to Jeremy. Tell us uh, how you met Adriana before we dive in. So uh, my buddy Brandon, he had his uh, bachelor party up in New Hampshire. And Eric and you know a whole bunch of guys uh, went up. We were going ATVing. And everybody was saying, Jeremy, have you met Adriano? I was like, you know, I've heard about him for years and we've never been able to cross paths. So finally we get up there, we we unload all our crap. We're going to go out ATV in the next day. So Adriano says he's going to jump in the truck with me. So for 45 minutes, me and Adriano got to talk about the who's who and, and, and what we, what, you know, where we came from and, and who we knew. And we realized that our paths were actually very similar. Adriano knew a lot of the mechanics that I work with. And, you know, I got to know a little bit of history about him. And he's here today to pretty much tell you exactly what he told me in that truck. So, Adriano, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, guys, for having <laughs> me on today. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor. Uh, I appreciate it. Obviously, uh, it's been a long road. I think, you know, thinking back about the past years and how I got here is, was definitely uh, a lot of it had to do with, you know, being a little kid was born here actually. And, you know, my parents are both off the boat from Italy and uh, my dad worked for Ernie Box senior moved to Reedville Hyde park and uh, worked for a body shop in uh, Norwood on route one. And that's where he learned how to become a body man. And uh, he ended up buying his own body shop in Somerville in the late seventies. And uh, when I was, uh, actually saw mid seventies actually. And, uh, when I was born in 77, dating myself now, uh, you know, my first, second, and third year here, <laughs> my, my mom used to take us there to visit dad because he was a one-man show, you know, like fixing the car, painting the car, demo in the car, and whatever he could deal with insurance companies. But my brother and I who were born here would, like, grab hammers and smash the cars they fixed. So I don't think he was too happy about it. But that's <laughs> where I, that's, yeah, that's where I got the blue-collar, like, you know, mechanic. I loved cars. Ever since I, I was a kid, cars was the thing for me. I've always wanted to be around cars. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, we, we ended up moving to Italy when I was a child. I was about four years old, Southern Italy. Uh, I went to All Boys Catholic for 10 years. And, you know, my, my number one sport still to this day is F1 racing. Like cars is my life. Um, I, I love the sound of cars and just everything about, you know, motor vehicles. So ended up moving here in, you know, 1995. I was just about 18 and, you know, started working the third day I was here at uh, detailing and buffing cars at a body shop in Watertown, um, you know, put them in back together a few mirrors here and there that I broke with the buffer and some antennas, but I ended up becoming uh, an auto mechanic probably within the second and third year after leaving perfection, auto body waste. I worked in Watertown at the time yeah. and I went to work at Toyota of Watertown 
that that was a, a really good opportunity for me, you know, putting cars together that came off the truck and kind of like learning. This guy, Dominic, gave me a, my first try at a mechanic and, uh, you know, I thought I was in heaven and that's that's what I want to do every day. So, Adriano, tell us a little bit about where you are today. You know, what are you currently doing? Have you left the automotive field? Uh, we have you on this, this show for a specific reason because you're the top 20 percent of the go-getters. And where has that landed you? Say the top one percent, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Uh, he usually does a good uh, job well, listen, with that. Actually, I learned, I learned, I learned my go-getting mentality from my dad as a kid. So honestly, where I am now today, um, you know, I live in Needham. My wife this year we married in, in two thousand and three. Dating, thank God she's not listening. Right, two thousand three, eighteen years <laughs> this year. Uh, two kids, two boys. Uh, my oldest is fourteen. My youngest is eleven. And uh, you know, we're here in Needham, Massachusetts, and moved here about ten years ago. So uh, moving to this town kind of got me into this uh, really different world of real estate. Probably last year, I sold 103 houses uh, in terms of volume and almost $90 million. So top agent in our office at Keller Williams in Needham and the suburbs here um, outside of Boston. And been doing that for the last three years running, uh, being a top agent there. But it's a great life. And, you know, I never forget kind of like where I came from. And that kind of like what set me apart from most of the people that I'm with now just that mentality of just a hard work ethic. Yeah. I mean, s- sitting in that truck, I, you know, there, there's, there's a, it's almost like a brotherhood, a camaraderie. Uh, I felt that right off the bat with you, blue collar is in your blood, definitely resonates with you. How does that apply to, to what you do currently and how you got there? Absolutely. I mean, I think the one thing that I learned as a kid and I continued now when I learned when I was working all dealerships and body shops and everywhere I worked at uh, before this is the grind, like the work ethic that you have. Because when you're a mechanic and you work on cars, you actually have to learn how to fix something. You have to learn the product and learning what you're doing. And most people in my business don't really care about learning what they're selling. Uh, So I think that work ethic for me and I, understanding exactly the product that I was selling sets me apart from most of the people in my business. I would say probably 80% of the people that I work with don't know anything about houses, uh, yep. which is, they're not that complicated, but cars are more complicated than houses. Houses are very simple. Uh, I think I think a house is of like a 1968 Dodge Charger. You know, there's like, you know, 15 wires go into the ECM if there was one, you know, yeah. it's a block, you know, with the carburetor. So, <laughs> and, and people get lost in, in even like understanding that that's what sets me apart, I think, first thing. And second thing, I think, is when I worked at a, at a dealership, the last one that I was at, it was Lexus of Watertown. And being a flat rate hour mechanic, I, I never forget this. Back in the day, there was the LS400 uh, Lexus that came out and, you know, the transmissions were an issue. We were replacing these transmissions on these cars that Lexus would send out and to change it, they would only pay us 4.5 flat rate hours, but it took you eight hours to change it. Right. So every time you got this car and on the lift and you knew you were like fighting against time, like you, you, you would never win. I was like, but you tried like heck to just make the time work. So like what the end of the week would come, if you burned 50 hours there and you made 90 rate, you know, 90 hours flat rate, that was a great week. Yeah. So to cl- clarify to our listeners who, who aren't in the automotive yeah. industry, uh, Flat rate for us is a different way of getting paid. And what that is, is, you know, the manufacturer sets a time for a specific job. And when it comes to warranty, usually that job hours is cut down because they assume that since it's warranty, you're going to be doing a lot of that job. So if that job takes eight hours to do normally, 
you as the technician would get paid eight hours to do the job. So it didn't matter if it took you four, didn't matter if it took you 10, you're only getting paid eight. Now, if it's a warranty job, they might've cut, the manufacturer might've cut that down to six or four. So now you're really scrambling to do the job. And a lot of times it's just a thorn in the side for a lot of mechanics. However, I think that plays to what Adriano's talking about is, is we equate time with money as mechanics. We always have a job and we have to do it in a certain time and it's money. And so we're always sharp. We can't waste any time or else we're losing money. Oh my God. Like if you, I wouldn't start a car if the parts weren't there. Like why am I going to start it? Have the car sit in the lift. Now the lift is dead. You know, like that's, it's the same thing with like now my life now, Eric, right, Jeremy, I go out with a client. If the client's not pre-approved, I'm not going to show them houses. So it's like, it was that mindset that I had from working in the automotive industry that continues to like work for me in this industry that I'm in. Um, So it's, it's amazing. Like the things that I've learned that I couldn't even think I would be using and where I'm doing now, you know, continue to, to use that. And I can attest. So, so I bought a house with Adriano, uh, I don't know, five years ago at this point, yeah. I've been in a few dances on some other ones, but what impressed me the most was we, uh, and this was before, you know, he's, you know, yeah, top agent and you know, all the boroughs around Massachusetts. So we had time to actually spend with me. We were doing the inspection, the guys coming around the house, going around and Adriano's one, he showed up for it. It didn't just have the guy do it, but was like making sure he was doing all the stuff he actually wasn't going to do. He would have missed a bunch of stuff. We have this, you know, we have a below basement, you know, shower that needs a special pump. He wasn't going to unscrew the valve to make sure, you know, so Adriana knew like basically knew everything the guy needed to do, even even stuff he wasn't going to do to make sure like this place was pretty dialed in. And so, you know, that made me comfortable as a buyer being like, holy shit, like why is my agent basically doing an inspection with the inspector here? <laughs> I've heard so many bad stories of, of, of people getting not only burned by the realtor, but burned by the inspector. And now they're, you know, now they have this house that, that you know, a buddy of mine, it was the same thing. He, the, the realtor should have known it, never mind the inspector. And, you know, to have that reputation. I, I would like cut rotors on the, uh, you know, like Toyota RAV4 or something, it, or like a Fort Runner, right? And machine yeah. rotors. And I take it for a test drive and I'd feel a slight pulsation that probably most customers wouldn't feel. And I bring it back in and cut them again to make sure yeah. that they were right because. It's like that little detail that you know, like most people wouldn't know. It's you, you have <laughs> like I always went the extra mile. So in houses, like it's the same thing. Like I always look at people always look in the front door and like look at the layout, all oh, living room, dining room. They like it. I'm in the basement looking at the utilities, looking at the foundation, looking at the structure of the house, make sure there's like no issues there. So they're not That's to worry about money driving down the road and exactly. But like in the same thing with the car, driving down the road and the brakes let go. I didn't want to worry about that. So it's the same thing in houses. I don't want someone to like buy a house and then be, you know, lemon. You know, like yeah. a bad house. You know, all the aesthetics are are yeah, they're costly, but they're easier to fix. You know, crown molding, cabinets, or whatever. But you know, if you got to rewire an entire house, or um, you know, the plumbing's bad, or or, or what have you, it, that's aesthetics and the bones of the house. And Absolutely. to have somebody like you who who understands the mechanics of things going into uh, real estate is, to be honest with you, a blessing. Why did you make the jump? Why why did you leave the automotive industry for real estate? I never thought I'd leave it, to be honest with you. I, I still, to this day, like I said, I love cars and that's my passion. So a friend of mine, you know, I was at a family event and asked me what I did for a living. And I, I was very proud to tell him that I was an auto mechanic and I had all my certifications, you know, the very big snap on toolbox. I don't know how long it was, <laughs> you know, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars in tools. Jeremy, um, I yeah, know, right? Crazy. I mean, I see a toolbox on your, on your page and I'm like, oh, I had all those wrenches. I miss them. It's like, well, it's like, I love seeing it. 
someone said, Hey, how much you make a year? And I'm like, you know, I was proud. I was making almost a hundred grand a year. And I'm like, yes, yeah. you know, I was like my early twenties. And uh, he goes, Oh, you, you could probably have the same living, uh, if not double it or triple it, if you were in real estate. And I'm like, I, I'd never thought of it. And he goes, well, you know, you, you could talk, you have the gift of gab and you know, you know, the mechanics of it, give it a try. So honestly, I got my license and started part-time and I was working six hours, six, six days a week uh, at the dealership. And then I would do nights and weekends in real estate, trying to rent properties. And then I remember selling the first property to a friend from a body shop at the Peter Fuller was working at the Watertown at the time. And I got the check for like seven grand after everybody got their cart cut. And I'm like, wow, if I do this 10 times or 12 times a year, I could do it. But I got into it because to, to answer your question, I think in the automotive industry for me, working at dealerships, I, I never thought I'd be, I want to own my own shop. I want to have my own shop. And the way cars were going to where the cars were going, everything was going to like, you know, leases and everything was being electronically controlled. Like look at Tesla's now and all these cars. Like, I don't think I would have made a living for my family that I would love to have grown up as a as a child. You know, have this American dream to be able to ha live in Needham, for example, um, be in that because nobody's living off of mufflers and, and brakes anymore. So I think working at a dealership was just not going to cut it for me. You know, ten yeah. years later, and then my back was hurting, my elbows were hurting, and I was young, and just like taking trainees out of cars, lifting transmissions, and like. Can I keep this up for 30 years? I just didn't know if it was going to be everything for me. It's wild that you talk about that because I think you you made the time that you got out the time that that the automotive industry was was really phasing not the dinosaurs, but they were all, you know, renters and and now they kind of brought in the, the kids that that have uh, technology based electrical and and what have you. So I know it was a harder transition for people who had been in the business for 20, 30, 40 years. And, and now the kids, you know, they get the schooling and they come in and then there's all the tra the training. So right now we're going through that change again because we're moving from, you know, just electrical to straight, you know, computer data wires and bus system. It's it's crazy. And I think that's the hardest part is, is without that schooling and without that training, it becomes a little bit, you know, ominous of a task to, to try to keep up with the time. So. And I always had that entrepreneurial spirit, right? I wanted to have my own shop. So my brother yeah. owns a body shop with like 30 employees in Waltham. So him and I came in at the same time and he opened up a shop and he's extremely successful, but auto bodies, like you can't open one. So I, I never liked auto body. I like the mechanics of a car, not the, the body itself. So I looked at him like, what are my opportunities going to be in 20 years if I don't continue with ed education and, yeah. you know, at, at a dealership. And I just, Honestly, I was very lucky and fortunate to meet someone who talked me into it. But to this day, every day, there's not a day that goes by that I miss it. Like I was joking with my wife the other day uh, about buying a house next door to us and building a garage so I can work on cars. <laughs> especially, I wish I had a lift in my garage right now. <laughs> especially being in the situation where all being home, uh, cars don't talk back. And you know what? Cars are the best thing. Like you can just spend a lot of time in a car. For me, I can't take my work home, so it's a little difficult. <laughs> so, so Adriana, so it sounds like a big takeaway for the listeners here is one: you had you had an opportunity which present presented itself, but it sounds like the biggest thing was you you were able to dip your toe into it because it wasn't a clean cut. Like, yeah, if you're going to come real estate. You got to quit your job. You're going to make nothing and you got to try to sell a house, which would have been probably impossible for you to do. But you were able to nights and weekends, get your first check, gives you a taste of what can come and then slowly make the transition out. So getting it, whether it's real estate or switching into something that has potential to have more upside is 
it wasn't as risky of a move as some of these folks might think if it's the right fit to be able to do something like that. Absolutely. So when I first got into the auto mechanic world and, you know, working on cars, I worked under one of the shop foremans and I followed him around for like six months and took notes every time he did something on a car. So when I got into the real estate industry for the first six months to a year part-time, I followed someone who was in the business for 30 years and took notes, kind of same approach. But yeah, it's, it was it was a great opportunity for me to get into that. And I, I, I truly, truly blessed that I, I was able to do it. Now that you're at the top of your game, what are some of the new skills that you've learned in, in your new career that you would have never learned in the uh, the blue collar world or or even better, something that you can transfer back into the blue collar for somebody coming up in the blue collar world. So the first thing that comes to mind, like my daily routine when I was working on cars is I was, you know, go to the shop and kind of became friends with all the people that I work with, but I never got to face the customer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was in lever, you know, an advisor, you know, when someone, you know, what do you call, I forget the name, but you come into a, a dealership and, you know, someone said they're a service advisor and they write yeah. up what, you know, 30, 30 mile service, 60 mile service. So I, I never learned that skill. So being able to do my you know real estate part-time for six months to a year at least before I dipped into full-time, that was a skill that I needed to learn. Because you know, cars don't talk back as you know, some days <laughs> yeah. some days some days it's nice to be working on a car because it's just you the car and like W A A F, whatever radio station you listen to. <laughs> uh, and and you know, there was no podcast back in the day, so you had to listen to radio stations. Uh, but that's what I, you know, that's what one of the skills I had to learn is actually how to deal with customers and emotions, people's emotions. Like, you know, I, I never was faced with with that. And I had to like, you know, it, it took a lot of a lot of trying and a lot of stuff. But the, one of the most important things I think that made me successful once I learned, you know, how to deal with more people than I didn't before. Uh, since I didn't grow up here, I didn't go to school here. I grew up in, you know, Italy, southern Italy, and went to college there and all that. Building my network, I didn't have a network in real estate. I didn't have a network outside of the dealership world. So I knew a lot of other auto mechanics. I knew a lot about service advisors. I knew about other dealerships where if I looked for a job to get a few more dollars an hour, I know where to go with someone like, you know, left and there was a position open i think in a different world what set me apart from all the realtors that i work with now is i hit the ground running and i just started networking with a lot of people who were involved in real estate you know mortgage lenders financial advisors anyone that had to do with the real estate transaction i literally met with face to face and kind of learned that skill and it took me about two or three years to get there a little bit of a different scenario i i am forward facing i am dealing with the customers and and uh, so I, I can take. Well, you kind of run the shop, right? It's it's cool because being an auto mechanic for me is is like being the barber shop of the trades. The fact is, is that you deal with landscapers, electricians, um, you deal Plumbers, with carpenters, you deal framers, with yeah. exactly everything. So you've now built this little network of people that you know they come to you for your skill set but now you could actually reach out to them like hey hey even today i asked my landscaper do you have a 10 inch landscaping spike and he's like yeah so he, he dropped four off for me so it, it, it's these it's these little plays that you make that um somebody you know whatever coming right out of school or whatever might not have as a network and and it was great to have this this base to work off of and, and it's almost like a little brotherhood and then you move you move forward and you're like oh i know so and so even if even if it's just by name you know what i mean it's funny you say that cuz like i feel like yeah you know in real estate everybody comes to me because i have so many friends like i mean they call them friends because i spend a lot of time with them who are plumbers electricians and framers and plasterers like so when someone buys a home i stay in touch with them for years because anytime they need something 
I'm their resources for anything they need. So like, right. and when I'm, when I hang and mingle and go fishing with my friends who are plumbers and electricians and HVAC guys and all that stuff, I actually, I feel more at home because that's kind of like how my brain still runs. Like I'm still a, an auto mechanic every <laughs> you day. You are. Like I, I still think like an auto mechanic and like what I had to do go in and just, I got to fix this training today. I got to fix this electrical problem and I got to take this, you know, engine apart. But like that was a task and like the same approach that I take on real estate. It's like the same thing, but I surrounded myself with people who kind of think that way and mm-hmm. my network kind of grew that way. So it's, it's amazing how I still go back to all that stuff. So we got a lot of listeners who are, who are in the trades. Uh, some of that are going to stay in that for life and they want that. They love, they bleed, they bleed the blue collar lifestyle and others that are folks that we talk about all the time that want to move upward and onward, whether that's in that community or into the white collar world that you're in. Is it fair to assume when you came back to the U S at age 18, that you could have never predicted where you'd be, you know, right now you're the top agent three years in a row, Boston Southwest for sales units and volume. You came to the country. You're like, I want to go into the mechanic field. Could you have ever predicted that your life would have taken you on this journey or was this complete, you know, uh, the way just hard work kind of got you through it and got you to it. I always had entrepreneurial spirit and coming from Italy where the economy wasn't great and still isn't was a huge opportunity, but I would have never envisioned this magnitude. I think, I think, um, I think the reason why I'm here is because of that work ethic that I learned in the first three, four, five years uh, working in various dealerships and auto body shops and then kind of continuing with that entrepreneurial spirit and making it work for me. But to this day, I, I, I truly feel blessed because I think uh, it's an amazing life that, that I have with my family. And, um, you know, but I still go back to that work ethic from from day one. So just an, just another thing, too, because it, it just came to mind for anybody who is looking for a side hustle or even want to make the jump to real estate because we're talking to all the trades. So, you know, you got guys that are carpenters and, and, you know, plumbers and electricians that have access to homes and, and, and deals and whatever. If they wanted to get their real estate license, I know it varies from state to state, but you know, what's a, what's a good pointer for somebody that, that may want to make a little extra cash instead of, you know, hiring a realtor, get the real estate license and do it. I mean, I, I don't know where that stands, but, you know, it was just kind of a, something that came to mind. Honestly, Jeremy, it's a good question, because I think if you wanted to get into real estate, to get a license in real estate is not that hard. And any anyone can get one and everybody should have one. However, a lot of people that I'm doing a deal right now where with, with a guy that sold a house or listing that I had and he's a fireman. So as a firefighter, he's part time real estate agent. Um, and you know, it's, it's a great career to have on the side, but you know, I guess it all depends. I would say if anybody wants to get into this, the point that I would give is, um, you, you can, you can do real estate anytime. The big thing is knowing your network and kind of having a network of people and, and, and a grid that, you know, like, especially if you, if you grew up in a town that you still live in now, that's a huge asset to have because people know you, you know, anyone who's in the trade, no, no homes more. I would tell you 90% of realtors don't know anything about houses. 10% of people that know about houses, they're the ones who are most successful in, se- in selling homes. So wow. people that are in the trade have the advantage of knowing actually mechanical things and things that have to do with building. Because I would say nine out of 10 times that I sell a home these days, um, the other agent on the other side, and it's all great people that we work with. Most of their buyers that they come with through our houses that we have listed don't know anything about construction. So I'm consistently educating the buyers and sometimes the agents on like what is a hydro air system versus a four-star air system. It, I'm so amazed how people don't even know the difference where you're selling homes for a living. So I think people that are in the trade 
know these things right away and they won't have to be told twice because they'll catch it. It's like drain the oil and put the cap back on. Like, you know that you never forget it. And people just don't take the time to learn it. So I think that's a huge advantage to get into the trade that I'm in, the, in, the business that I am right now. Well, let's end this on a fun note that's going to start being incorporated mm-hmm. into the future here. So Adriano, you know, successful real estate, loves cars, loves F1. He's been known to drive some pretty, pretty fancy, fast cars. But the, the million dollar question everyone wants to know is, so if you were to have to get a truck right now, which you have really no need for it, what type of truck would you get and why? Honestly, I always wanted to get a Dodge Ram. Oh, Jeremy. <laughs> Come on. Jeremy. Come on, Mopar. Come on. You know, you know what it is? I just I just kidding. So honestly, I actually been looking at those new pickup trucks that the electric pickup trucks that are coming out called Ravian. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think that's probably one that I would get. Honestly, look at I, I would I would probably buy a nineteen sixty-nine Dodge Charger in, in the next two years if I can find one. If they don't damage too many of them in Fast and the Furious eleven. But uh, that's the car that I want to drive because I growing up, you know, I watched Dukes of Hazard. So like that's the car I always wanted to have. Uh, pickup truck, you know, I have a really nice Jeep Willys, you know, everything is manual and it's all jacked up. But if I had to get a pickup truck, I'd probably get a big Ford F two fifty Cummings diesel a diesel engine or something like that. I love yeah, power, yeah. power stroke. Ooh, power, power stroke. Power the stroke. Power stroke. Engine, power stroke yeah. is uh, you know I used to plow for you know eleven years uh, as well, and I was plowed with Ford F truck uh, you know diesel trucks, and those things can like literally can pull a house out of a foundation. Yeah, yeah, I know Ford trucks break, and they're going to put my kid through college. So that's <laughs> what I look at it. <laughs> well, what does Ford stand for? Fix and repair daily, awesome. right? No, exactly. Road dead. <laughs> Something like that. But honestly, Eric, that's probably what I would buy. And it would probably fit me well with like, you know, keep the kids out and skiing equipment and all that other stuff. Like yeah, it, yeah. I, yeah. I just trucks are great. Trucks are great. We don't discriminate between truck brands, by the way. What truck do you, what truck would you drive, Jeremy? What truck me? do you drive then? Yeah. Well, it's what truck does my wife drive? I uh I we're Chevy people. And uh Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I got a, a, the brand new Chevy pickup, uh, Chevy 1500. I, I nice. want a 2500, but I have no reason for it. So yeah. um, you don't need a lot of suspension and that power. Well, I got the 6.2 with the 10 speed transmission. So it's really fast up to miles an hour. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so. That's a nice Jeez. truck. Thank you guys for joining us. We're uh, both Jeremy and I are super appreciative of Adriano, you know, taking the time out for this, uh, you know, as you can tell, he's probably one of the busiest guys that, that we've had on on these shows, um, which is funny, though. You think about Adriano in the real estate world, top of his trade, and you think back to, you know, episode five with Mike, who runs his own excavation company. Both guys working all hours of the night, all, you know, nights and weekends. And you kind of see the thread here of, you know, we're talking to people that are outperforming, you know, their peers, essentially, whatever field really they are. I, I love talking to you guys, and uh, I think you're doing a fantastic job, and uh, thank you so much.